Praise the Lord. God bless you. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you're looking good. Amen. Amen. Everyone loves a compliment. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, would you open up with me uh, to the Psalm, Psalm 63. We started at the beginning of the year. Uh, my, my first message, January 1st, was on the sh- just the, the different seasons of life and that there is a different season. There is a season for everything, and God has a plan and a purpose, and God is shifting the seasons in your favor. Can you say amen? God's bringing a new season, a season of blessing, a season of restoration, a season of healing, a season of renewal. We're believing that, amen? And we've been looking through the book of Joel, and we've been talking about restoration, God's plan, God's desire, God's promise us that he would restore the years the locusts have eaten he would bring back to us what's been stolen he will just renew us and and you know that promise in Joel doesn't just stop with restoration actually in the next few verses it talks about revival amen talks about revival in the last days say it God I will pour out my spirit upon all people on your sons and on your daughters. God has promised to pour out his spirit on all people in the last days. You know the last days began with the, with the birth of the church, the, the church, but now we're even in the last of the last days. So I believe God's plan, God's purpose is to pour out his spirit upon his church. How many of you know the church needs an encounter with almighty God? Do you know what's... What's, what can draw people more than God himself? Hello? What can draw people more than God himself? God, by his spirit, wants to draw people. Someone has said that revival is God getting sick and tired of the way the church has portrayed him and God showing up and showing off his glory for himself. How many of you know we need God to show up? How many of you know we need God to show off? I'm encouraged. Many of you have heard in the last several days, the last week and a half, that there has been just a a move of God's spirit on a campus in Kentucky, in Ashbury, Ashbury University. There has been a nonstop for 11 days, 12 days now, day after day, 24 hours, just young people at a, at a seminary, at a college, just beginning to pray, just beginning to worship and seek God. And it just started off just very simple, having a chapel service. Uh, many uh, have been to chapel services dozens or even hundreds of times. But this particular day, some students desire, decided to stay after and to begin to pray and seek God. And what, what started out as just a little prayer after service, prayer service, has turned into amazing worship. I'd like to just show you uh, just a couple of brief clips just to give you a little bit of a glimpse and a little fill it in a little bit more. We've got a great good news story to start off. It's been a week since the regular Wednesday chapel at Asbury University in Kentucky. Well, it turned into something far more. It turned into the manifest presence of God. God has been moving among the students and faculty, and people are traveling to the university to join in this move of God. 
Well, one student told CBN News he prays this revival when, will encourage churches and pastors and stir up a hunger for the Lord. Wendy Griffith brings us the story from Wilmore, Kentucky. The revival here at Asbury is now in its sixth night as hundreds of people have come from near and far to just enjoy the presence of God. Even though it's almost midnight, this auditorium is still packed with people that are still coming in. In the last two evenings, we've estimated well over 3,000 people that are here and at these different locations uh, to worship the Lord. Were you prepared for this? No, there is no, there's no playbook for this. We're still trying to create some space for what's happening here. And so that's a delicate balance and we're trying to manage that as thoughtfully and faithfully as we can and just steward what's happening on campus. first just because growing up with my church we never had anything like this and so I just wasn't used to the idea of a revival um, but the longer it's gone on I've realized that if God wants it to happen it's gonna happen my prayer is that this will encourage churches encourage pastors encourage disbelievers um, and just stir up a hunger for the Lord because again it's not it's not about Asbury it's about Jesus the fire that started here at Asbury is reportedly spreading as students from nearly two dozen other college campuses have come here to take part in the services. And what got started here a week ago is showing no signs of stopping. Wendy Griffith, CBN News, Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. What is, what is this, do you think? Right, what is this? That's what we can... I mean, that's the question, right? And um, a, a theme or a Bible verse that we've all been sharing with each other is Habakkuk 1. And the Lord says, look at the nations and watch for I'm doing something in your day that you wouldn't believe if you were told. And it's happening and we can hardly believe it. Well, it seems remarkable. I mean, so many stories, you see them and you think that's very different. I'm not quite sure what it means, but it's worth learning more. So my understanding is this began in a completely conventional service and a boy got up and started talking about his own flaws and then it just something changed in the atmosphere and it never ended is that fair that's completely what happened um so here at asbury university three mornings a week we have chapel at 10 a.m sharp the whole student body gets together and we we sing praise to the lord and we hear a message from a speaker and for seemingly no reason at first on on wednesday february 8th it didn't end and that's that's kind of the logistical side of what's been going on and then you know, on the on the deeper side of things, what's been happening here since Wednesday is there's a there's a young army of believers who are rising to claim Christianity, the faith as their own, as a young generation and as a free generation, and that's why people can't get enough. That's amazing. So you, you felt like something like this was going to happen because everything finds equilibrium. I think. Who are the people who are coming? Where are they coming from? Um. We don't know most of them. Um, we've obviously been getting calls, hundreds of calls to the university switchboard number, um, but we have friends here from Brazil, from Indonesia, um, almost every state, um, and, and they just keep coming. And, and it's no wonder, you know, and it's like you said, I mean, especially in the midst of tragedies like what we've seen in Michigan State University and, and even yeah. farther back to 2020, especially our, our generation was impacted so much. And so... 
you have to wonder, you know, what's going to break? And in this case, the Holy, the Holy Spirit has interceded for us here at Asbury and, and uh, across the nation. I assume you don't know how long this will continue? Uh, I could not tell you, and I wouldn't, wouldn't want to guess. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't. We believe God is beginning to do something. We believe he has been doing something. and He's been preparing uh, his people, his church, Christians around the world. Um, you know, it's been this continual time of just prayer and worship and testifying and preaching. And what's remarkable about what's happening is um, there's no great uh, cutting edge worship band up there, uh, there's no, uh, you know, there's nothing in the natural that would draw people. It's just plain, simply God working in a powerful way. When we talk about, well, let me read my scripture before I go, go too far. Psalm 63, oh God, this is David, oh God, you are my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary. This is David with a passion to see God work, with a desire, with a hunger and a thirst. I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory to see your power and to see your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Amen. You know, revival has been used in many different connotations and many different settings. Back in the day, it could be said, oh, we're having a special speaker. We're having a, a week of revival, um, you know, and we would use it in that con connotation to describe uh, a certain time frame. We're going to have a revival meeting, and uh, the speaker might come, but we might not necessarily have revival. We might have just good, good preaching, good meetings, and it might be all good, but it might not be quote-unquote revival. Uh, sometimes we could have a powerful service and, and say, wow, we had revival. And maybe we had a, a, a sense of revival. Maybe we had a touch of God's spirit. But revival, uh, according to, uh, I mean, there are many different definitions. But Dr. Michael Brown, who's a scholar, a Pentecostal scholar, a PhD, has uh, reads the, the Bible in Hebrew and Greek and uh, got his degree in, in Old Testament literature and languages, a brilliant guide, thoroughly, thoroughly uh, attuned to the Holy Spirit. He said revival is a season of unusual divine visitation. A season of unusual divine visitation. You see, when the church gets revived, change begins to happen. I have experienced, uh, you know, I've always had a, a passion for revival because, because I believe we need to see an outpouring of God. I believe the church needs revival. I believe the world needs a revived church. 
If we are going to impact the world, you know, uh, sometimes we want to point the finger at, at what's going on in the world, but, but it's, true, it's true to say it this way, that as the church goes, so goes the world. Meaning, if the church is what it should be, the world will be impacted. But if the church is not what it should be, then when we are no longer going to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world and no longer make an impact on the world. Personally, my experience, um, I was touched powerfully uh, in, in revival at a Bible college that was just so passionate about having God move. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was touched. We had, we had church services that would go on for hours. We had classroom experiences where classrooms would have to be shut down because the Spirit of God would move so powerfully. I would go and walk into a class where God was beginning to move and there would be people all over the floor praying, weeping, seeking God. The Spirit of God would be moving and it would just overflow into the other classes and it would overflow into the chapel and it would go on for days and sometimes weeks because the power of the Holy Spirit was moving. Back in the 90s, we began our church in 1989, and in the mid-90s, there was a revival that broke out at a church in Pensacola. It's known as the Brownsville Revival. And I, I went there probably uh, at least 10 times. I went for pastors' conferences, went on vacation with my wife, went different times, and literally, now I want you to get this, I want you to listen. Turn to the person next to you, say, the pastor ain't exaggerating. But in the Brownsville revival, God was moving so powerfully that people, people, church people, people from all over the world, matter of fact, 130 nations visited this revival. But people would line up 6.30 in the morning to get into church that started at, that they would open the doors at 6 at night. Hello? We can just get some of you here on time. That'll be a miracle. That'll be revival. Revival would break out if some of you weren't always late. Amen. That wasn't in my notes. Forgive me for that, but it's still worth saying. But imagine this. Now listen, they would get there 6, 7 in the morning and line up thousands of people to get into that place to hear, to experience worship, to experience preaching that brought conviction of sin and then to have prayer times where the Holy Spirit would move and God would touch people in the services. I've been there. I saw it with my own eyes. I've been there, like I said, oh, close to a dozen times and probably in 30, 40, 50 services over all that time. Time where God would move in such a powerful way. How many are with me this morning? Come on, look up. Let me see your eyes. Come on, I want to see. Amen. I want to make sure you're, you're, you're looking. Amen. And, and God would move and the services would go on till 11, 12, 1 midnight, 1 in the morning. And no one was in a hurry. There would be literally hundreds and hundreds of people because the power of God was manifested. Now, this didn't go on for a week. It didn't go on for a month. It didn't go on for a year. It went on for over four years. They would have services Sunday through Friday. Then as time went back, uh, went on, they, they, they cut it back Sunday through Thursday, then Sunday through Wednesday. But millions of people were affected. Our church was greatly 
uh, affected by the experience that many of, some of us had that went there. I know that as God touched me as the pastor, I ministered with a greater expectancy to see God move. With a greater expectancy, with a greater fervor, with a greater passion. And God began to move. And God moved in our small little storefront. Our storefront was, was as big as, th this was the, the congregation right here. Hello. Praise the Lord. They were a lot more friendly back there than some of you. Come on. Look at me. I'm, I'm here. I'm coming to visit you. Come on. Amen. This big was our church. We could fit 50, 60, maybe 70 people, but God began to move, and the Spirit of God began to work, and we did simply, you know what we would do? We'd have a church service, and it would be a good service, and then we would just say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to dismiss, but if some people want to stay and pray and seek God, we began to do that. We had 10, 20 people just hungry to see God work. And God began to move, and God took us from that small little storefront with little resources, with no resources, really. And, and, and God moved by his spirit, and that revival and that move just propelled us to a second building a bigger facility. God provided financially. God provided the resources. God provided, God enabled us to move forward as a church. And, and, and I believe it was because there was a, a, a spirit of revival. There was an experience that we began to have in God. Can you say amen? What's happening at Ashbury, I believe, is, is beginning to spread. You don't necessarily have to call it a revival. You can call it an awakening. You could call it a refreshing. I don't care what you call it, but if you could have hundreds and even thousands of young people praying and repenting and seeking God, it's a good thing. Amen? Come on, we've been praying for this next generation. This next generation needs a move of God, an encounter with God that will mock them for time and for eternity. We need to see God work. You see, you know, I, I, we're, going to, we're going to Liberia. If I had time, I'd go there myself. Amen? I'll go wherever God's moving. Wherever God is beginning to do something. But what's beginning to happen? There are those from other colleges that are going there and God is touching them and they're going back to their college and they're beginning to see things break out. You see, here at Victory, we, we sense that God is beginning to move. Amen? Not in, not in fullness, but in a measure. And that encourages me. Amen? When God begins to move by his spirit. Amen? And, and, and that's an encouragement that should stir up a greater hunger for more of God. I believe that what God is, what, what God is doing in Ashbury uh, is, is what God wants to happen everywhere. Not just one fire burning, but a thousand fires burning around this nation and around the world. You see, there's this, what, what these meetings mark is an, an, an intense sense of the presence of God. What we're all believing for, amen? Yes. With this freer worship, a greater flow in the preaching, deeper conviction of sin, deeper conviction of sin. And, and, and one of the characteristics, or in my study of all of scripture and, and of um, historic revivals throughout the years, one of the characteristics has been strong preaching against sin which has led to a conviction of sin and a spirit of repentance. 
and, and that's one of the things that is, being, is characteristics of, of what's happening at Ashbury is uh, people are confessing their sins to God. What a novel thing. Hello? One of the things we would say every chapel from Psalm 19 in Bible college, five days a week, we would end the chapel and we would, we would recite this, this simple little prayer found in Psalm 19. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, the church needs to come to a place of greater conviction for sin. You know this pulpit preaches the word of God. You know this pulpit believes in living godly and living holy. You know this pulpit and, and this leadership practices these principles. But you know what? There's going to be a far and a wide movement of the Holy Spirit where we all come to the place of saying, God, forgive me. Stop pointing the finger at other people and say, God, Lord, I need your grace. I need you to forgive me because I've sinned in word, I've sinned in thought, and I've sinned in action. Amen? We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. And the Bible says if we say we have no sin, we lie. And, and, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, amen? I remember going to the revival at Brownsville and the preaching, the conviction of sin. Uh, Steve Hill preached like a, a Charles Finney. If you ever studied church history, Charles Finney would preach with such conviction of sin. I remember going to church services and I would run to the altar and I would repent for sins I didn't even commit. The preaching was so powerful. I just say, God, take everything. No, God, forgive me of everything. God, uh, what are pre presumptuous sins or willful sins, whatever. God, forgive me. And that's what we need to be praying in the church. We need the people of God to come to the place of saying, God, it's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Part of the vision of Victory Church Reach the lost, restore the broken, and revive the believer. Why would God move upon us as a church to pray for an outpouring? Many of us have been praying for revival, amen? Why would God move upon us if he's not going to send it? I'm going to ask the worship team if they would just come up. I'm not done. But my question to you this morning, how can we cultivate what God wants to do, what God is doing around the world? You know what's interesting? This move of the Spirit, although um, it's spread through social media in the day and age we live in, do you know that major uh, networks wanted to come and, and do an interview and do a report and they would not let them come? In a day and age, we're all about notoriety, we're all about likes, we're all about being an influence. They said, no, we just want this to be holy. The press to come in, we don't want this to become a circus for the, for the media. We just want to stay focused. And, and, and God, God is looking for a church. He's looking for all of us to go deeper in our lives across this church. In Leviticus 
in, in, in the Old Testament, when it talks about the presence of God, it says three times, it says the fire on the altar must be kept burning. The fire must not go out. You see, when the fire of God is burning in a church, you know, sometimes we place such an emphasis on so many things and, and not that any of those things are wrong. We need to, we need to do everything we can do to, to be a, a, a appealing to people, to be sensitive to, to seekers, to be open to whoever comes in. But you know what? Only God can draw people. Jesus said, no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. You see, the reality of what God is doing will draw people. The testimony of what God is doing will draw people. Revival is its own endorsement. What can attract people to God? God. But there's a prayer that births revival. There's a prayer that sustains revival. Revival is the church falling in love with Jesus all over again. Revival is the church going back to its first love. Revival is the people of God coming alive. Not in, all, not in being perfect, not, not that there won't be any shortcomings or whatever. There'll always be critics too to revival. People will talk about revival. I don't, not on social media. My wife just made some comments. I said, I don't even want to hear what, what foolish, stupid people are saying. I want to know what God's doing. And I can discern enough and, 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 and let the fire of God burn. I'd rather have a little wildfire than have no fire at all. Hello? Sometimes we're so worried. Let's let God move. We'll, we'll, God will give us wisdom. God will give us discernment. But let's let the fire of God burn. How do we feed the fire of revival? By prayer. By prayer. We're people of prayer at Victory. So we're coming to the place where we're going to begin to see the fruit of our prayers in a greater way. Not that we haven't seen it, not that we haven't had moves of the Spirit, but, but we're talking about something in a more fuller sense, in a greater sense. In a sense like David cried out in Psalm 63, I've looked for you in the sanctuary. I want to see your power and your glory. There are too many people that come to church, even at Victory, that have needs. And I want to see those needs met. But I know I don't, I, I don't have an S under my shirt. I'm not Superman. But I know a super God. I know a great God. If we would just be people who would cause an atmosphere of expectancy, of faith, and sow into it, and pray into it, and stay focused, and believe, we will see the glory of God. We will see the power of God in the sanctuary. Prayer is what feeds the fire of revival. But you know what? Spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Who hunger and thirst after God. David said it in this psalm. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. I want to see God move in victory. I want to see him move again. You see, when you've been born in the fire, you can't live with just the smoke anymore. When you've experienced the fire of God, you can't be satisfied with just a nice, cute little church service. God, help us. Some of the places, God, forgive me, but not to be judgmental, but, but, but some places, their services are so tight and, and so short, God can't even move in them. 
There's no room for him. Three, three hymns or three choruses, a, a little sermonette, a little prayer, and, and God bless you out the door. We don't want to take too much of people's times. You know, everybody's busy. God, help us. What about God? What about seeking God? Can God send revival to victory? If there's enough hunger and enough thirst, he will do it. Hallelujah. We need to have a spiritual hunger that causes us to want our hearts to be purified, to surrender to God, to give so that it can be given to us. What do we need to feed the fire revival? We need prayer. We need spiritual hunger. We need the word of God to be preached and to be taught and there to be conviction by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me this morning? Acts chapter 3, verse 13. The Bible says, turn to the Lord, repent, so that seasons of refreshing might come from his presence. Did you hear what I said? So that sea times of refreshing may come from his presence. There were times when God has been so real to me, all I can do was weep. All I can do was worship. All I can do was praise. When God was so real, I want him to be real in our lives once again. So that there would be a, a time when, when there's a season or a time or a, 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 a place where the refreshing of God comes as is promised in his word. Where God refreshes his people, renews him, revives them. Where God pours out his spirit. Would you make that your prayer today? Would you make that your heart's desire today? That we would simply, simply allow God to have his way. In the Revelation chapter 3, when Jesus is giving a message to each of the churches in the first century, there's one interesting church called the Church of Laodicea. And what is so amazing about this church, it's not amazing in a good sense, but this is literally a church, it's not prophetic speaking of another time or another age this was a church in Laodicea in Asia Minor in Turkey area actually in this church the Bible says Jesus is knocking at the door imagine it's a church it's his church it's his house and he's on the outside knocking and he said if any man hears my voice I will open up and I'll come in and our fellowship will we'll spend time together. But what's so, so ironic is Jesus is actually having to knock at the door of his own house because somehow, some way, the church had closed the doors on the, on the very Jesus they proclaimed to worship. But if you read back, verses tell us this church said this, we are rich, we're well off, we have need of nothing. What was that? That was a spiritual smugness. That was a self-sufficiency that they came to. 
And I think we could all identify in our lives there's times when we've been very passionate for God, very in need of Him, very desperate for Him. But when God blesses us, sometimes we forget the blesser and we focus on the blessing. Come on, we're all guilty of this. In this church, they had become self-sufficient. And you know what Jesus said to them? You don't realize you're blind. You're wretched. You're naked. He said, come to me and, and I, will, I will give you counsel. I'll anoint your eyes with eye salve that you might see again. I'll, I'll clothe you in my righteousness. I'll restore you. I'll revive you. But you know what? He knocked on the door. And, and, and he didn't kick it down. He didn't push it down. He just knocks. And you know, the, the Spirit of God is so tender and so kind. Sometimes it's just a knock. And if we don't respond, that knock gets softer and softer. Before you know it, we could be in sin. We could be in rebellion. We could be in all kinds of foolishness and not even know it. Because our heart becomes hard, our ears become dull, our spirit becomes insensitive. But he says, if you hear my voice, I'm knocking. I believe the Spirit of God is knocking at this church. I believe God is doing a work at victory. I sense it from the beginning of the year that this is a new season. And I sense God working. I'm not, I'm not trying to put a wet blanket on anything. I'm just trying to say God wants to do more. God is beginning, but we have to, we have to uh, foster it. We have to uh, just sow into it and increase it by faith. And so this morning, wherever you're at, wherever you're at, the Spirit of God is so loving, He's knocking at the door. If you're in sin, if you're in rebellion, if you're in bitterness, wherever you're at, He's saying, open the door. I want to come in. What an invitation from Jesus, the Son of God. Think about that. What greater invitation than to have Jesus say, I'm knocking, I want to come in. Let's open the door. Let's open it wide here at Victory. Come on. Come on. You're coming here. Let's be a part of what God is doing. Let's cast our lots in. Let's, let's give our all. Let's, let's push all the chips in and say, I'm all in. I'm not just a, a, a well-wish. I don't just come once in a while, but I want to be a part of what God is doing. If that's you, I want, you to, I want us to end with prayer. I want you to move out of your seats. I want you to find a place of prayer. I want you to kneel at your seat this morning as the worship team begins to play. And I will pray in a moment. But as they're singing, I want you to find a place of prayer. I want you to begin to seek God. You're not looking around. You're not worrying about what other people are doing. You realize it's you and God this morning.